Hey y'all, it's Blurred Photos. <laughs> the rumpinest, stauntinest, ass terrorist, paranormalinest having podcast this out of the Rio Grande. <laughs> Um, hey, welcome to Blurry Photos. I am David Flores. <laughs> I'm David Stecco. And we're off to another flawless start. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hope you're all doing well. We are. Uh, we got uh, we got a fun show lined up for you. Uh, pretty interesting. I think you'll find it. It is, it is a mystery wrapped in an enigma, double dipped in secret sauce, and left in the glove box of Al Capone's car. Oh, man. They never drug that thing out of the river either. Nope. So it's finally preserved in the water. That's right. I, I hope what you're getting from that is that what we're dealing with is a top-notch class A plus mystery. Yeah. Today we're talking about Gobekli Tepe. No, now I know what you're saying. Oh, another podcast about Gobekli Tepe. <laughs> and the answer is yes. That's what it is. We decided, uh, why not uh, bring this cool mystery of the modern times to light? Because uh, I would I would bet some money that you probably don't know about it. I'd bet a ton of money you don't know about it. And so rather than continue right now as, this, as if you did, right off the bat, Gobekli Tepe is an archaeological site in Turkey. Mm-hmm. Southern Turkey. And it is... This it's one of those things that every archaeologist watches closely because it is significant enough that it will affect the timeline for almost every other field of research. That's right. It's it's a major major find uh, that is happening, has happened recently, and is currently happening right now. And we'll get into the significance of this. We'll get into uh, what exactly it is, and we'll get into all the theories of. Who built it, and what it may be, and what may have happened? Yeah, like it's in it, and it's it's awesome. The, the The story of this thing starts as so many things do. It was noticed, I guess, for lack of a better word, in uh, I guess it's what sixty four, sixty four, nineteen sixty four. There was a survey team that was out there and realized, hey, that hill over there doesn't quite jive with the surroundings. Mm-hmm. There's there's probably something going on there. Let's call it a burial ground. And go drink some more of that delicious Turkish coffee I've been addicted to. That's right. And that's what happened. And, the, and that was the end of that for the next 30 years. Uh, until 1994, when an archaeologist by the name of Klaus Schmidt came across this and was like, wait a minute, there's more to this than just being a burial ground. Yeah, and if the name Klaus Schmidt sounds familiar to you, you are probably an archaeologist. Because <laughs> I've never heard of him before in my life. See what I did there? We might as well just call him German Germany. Because <laughs> that sounds familiar to me. Um, His name is Deutschland Bratwurst III. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so let's, uh, let, let's get pretty in-depth in here on, on what exactly we're dealing with. So, uh, as we mentioned, it's, it's an archaeological site in southern Turkey. Uh, specifically, it's a Neolithic site. And it's right near the border of, of northern Syria, or Iran's path to the sea. Um, it, was first, it was first discovered in uh, 64, as we said, uh, but then actually began to be excavated in 1994. They've radiocarbon dated it to be somewhere around 12,000 years old. 
It's around uh, 30 acres uh, large. Uh, the, the whole area right now is around 30 acres, and only 5% of it has been actually excavated. It, it, that, and that is amazing. I mean, the degree that how big this is. I mean, this is on an order of, of like, Chinese imperial tombs. Mm. I mean, this is a huge, huge, it is, it is a physically huge find, but it is also a, an academically huge find. Right. And it has been around for such a long time. One of the biggest uh, challenges they're having is that every, I mean, it's, it's a, a place that has been consistently habitated. People have been there forever. And so people have been hauling stones out of it. They've been trying to farm on top of it. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's so much, uh, just from people being there and not knowing what it is, have been just kind of ransacking it a little bit for a long time, just the upper layers. But the reason why it's still such a valuable site is that there are deeper chambers that not only uh, were buried over time, they were buried deliberately. Yeah, that's that's the freaky part. And these, these chambers, they uh, consist of, uh, huge limestone pillars and walls, uh, limestone walls uh, in circles. They're just there's circles of walls uh, in all different places, and uh, those the circles themselves are different sizes. Uh, the pillars are generally around ten feet high, maybe more. They, mm-hmm. there, there are some that are higher than that. They weigh anywhere from uh, ten to twenty metric tons, and uh, they're decorated. This is the fun part. They're decorated with sculptures of all kinds of animals and um, some humans um, but they're carved directly from the stone they're not carved separately and placed on there somebody carved a pillar and an animal on the pillar out of the same rock it it is amazing the detail that they put in this because things are are both uh, carved in positive and negative relief in some cases Mm -hmm. It's a flat stone that they've carved the image into the stone. Mm-hmm. And in some cases, they had the image and they carved all of the stone back Around so that the it. image comes out from the stone. It's amazing. And, and, here, and keep in mind the, the, time, the timeline we're dealing with here. This predates metallurgy. This is right on the cusp of us moving from hunter-gatherers to even having agriculture of any kind at all. Right. It, it predates uh, pottery. Mm-hmm. Uh, it predates, like you said, metallurgy. It predates writing. And some people think it predates the wheel. I! That, that's right. The, you know it. You love it. The wheel. Ever heard of it? Ever heard of it? <laughs> and it's amazing. So these huge pieces of limestone were carved very intricately using other stones. They actually used... Flinted rocks Flint. to carve rocks, and that is not an uh, uh, an efficient means of stone carving. No, not at all. Some of the some of the floors in the structure uh, were made of the bedrock that was already there, carefully smoothed out, and some of them were what's called terrazzo, which is burnt limestone. And you're probably asking yourself, why are you telling me about this this uh, archaeological site? I mean, it sounds cool and all, but um, I ain't getting it. You haven't sold me yet, Flora. <laughs> well, uh, this uh, this goes back to what we just said. It would have been built in the Stone Age, when humans were supposedly hunters and gatherers, like we said. People weren't... It's believed that, that they weren't generally, you know, uh, setting up shop anywhere and, and carving some sculptures and stuff at this time, because they were worried about getting food... Yeah, this is this is hunter gatherer times. We didn't yet put seed to ground yet, 
And these people built this giant complex of assumedly uh, temples. Mm -hmm. Uh, They're they're carved. They're moving huge pieces of stone, and it's not like Stonehenge where they had to move miles and miles and miles. It was about three hundred to five hundred meters from their quarry. But these are still twenty ton slabs of limestone that they're getting a whole bunch of people, presumably wearing you know animal skins. Who knows? People who are probably somewhat undernourished. <laughs> and but the the number of people in the organization to to accomplish this is not supposed to have arisen for thousands of years yet. Not only not only that, no one knows who built it or why they built it. The archaeologist uh, that we mentioned, Klaus Schmidt, Germany the third, um who's heading up the the digging, the excavation of it, uh, he calls it uh, a a, a cathedral on a hill, basically. He thought it it was a religious site because there's no real evidence of human habitation, but there is evidence of primitive flint and stone tools and uh, other, other, I mean, obviously, uh, some kind of intelligence did this. It wasn't like humans weren't a part of it at all. It's just that it looks like no one actually lived at the thing. So they think it's some sort of religious structure. Yeah, and the degree of the of information they were able to get from uh, just what they've excavated so far is amazing. You know, just like you said, the the fact that they don't find cook fires or mm-hmm. or uh, latrines or trash pits or any of those things means people probably weren't inhabiting these structures. Which again, ten thousand years ago, who on earth is building a thing and not living in it? Yeah. You know, that's that's an inordinate amount of effort to put into something that you're not using. Right. And and the effort is, is probably even more because, as we said, they're using flint and stone tools, or so it seems. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and it just doesn't make sense to <laughs> to only use that for the size of this, this type of, of structure. Uh, another thing with the decorations in this structure that are really uh, incongruous with other archaeological sites is that the depictions of animals, they don't fall into the regular categories. There's, first of all, no violence depicted. Right. There's yeah. no... Um, doesn't show anybody hunting any mm-hmm. animals or anything like that. Yeah, no no, no wounds, no, no, no wars, nothing like that. Um, the animals that are depicted aren't game animals. Mm-hmm. They're not significant as far as agriculture or food sources. Mm-hmm. They are significant as far as, like I guess what you would call, for lack of a better word, a totemic animal. They have lions and spiders and yeah. thing, you know like things that a 7 year old think are pretty great it's true it's true they they have uh they list bulls boars uh gazelles wild asses <laughs> foxes uh reptiles insects spiders and birds uh with in particular a lot of vultures yeah vultures uh, vultures were were common in the area i believe um but the 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 thing about it is that area uh, of Turkey currently is kind of a dust bowl. It's kind of a, a very arid and, and mm-hmm. yeah, nothing. Not a lot is going on there. But eleven, twelve thousand years ago, the place was was pretty lush. It was it was there was a lot going on then. Yeah, and it's it's actually supposedly. thought that the reason why it is it's so arid now was because of uh, overcultivation, uh, loss of topsoil. Right. Yeah. And that it's thought that that agriculture contributed significantly to the the climate in, in the area now. Yeah, that it is so arid and dusty. You know, top of my head, guy sitting in an apartment in Chicago's theory on this. Oh, great! Vultures. You have a whole bunch. They say hundreds. It took mm. 
you know, hundreds of people to put this thing together over a very long amount of time. They are not hunting or gathering while they're doing this. So it's very hard to figure out where is the food coming from while they do this. Calorically, how are these people able to afford to do this? Mm-hmm. And then there's a lot of vultures depicted. Oh, you're thinking cannibalism? No, I'm just thinking they're just people died left and right building this thing. Uh, and you. you just see a lot of vultures. It wouldn't make sense for it to be cannibalism because... What would the vultures eat? <laughs> that was a stupid day. <laughs> well, there was that. There's that one pillar with the giant middle finger pointed at a big giant vulture. <laughs> yeah. Well, one thing I, I read uh, in there is that they don't have any pictures of of deer, uh, and so they think that maybe deer was a source of food because they didn't have pictures of it or some there's some theory of they knew that. there were deer there but they're never pictured yeah because because they because that's what they they used for their food source something like that there, there's something that i read that that said you know the, their food source wasn't actually depicted because they didn't think they needed to or i don't know that was just a theory that they had of why you know maybe deer weren't because there were they did find deer bones um that looked like they had been you know processed Slaughtered and, and eaten and cooked and all that yeah. stuff, but yeah, but yeah, no no deer pictures in there, which is weird. But I mean, all in all, these pictograms that they put on on their uh, walls and and the pillars, we don't know why. You know, it, it, there's there's no rhyme or reason to the pictograms that anyone has found yet. Uh, it's just like, wow, look at this uh, cool menagerie of animals. Yeah. And, and it's fascinating in that every other cave painting or, or early expressionism that's, that was done by man was really closely tied to those things. You know, yeah. like what we eat is really important. And so there's... Right. So let's hun- paint about... Yeah. Right. Uh, and these, this location seems to, to be that perfect polar opposite. They, they'll show you anything but those things. <laughs> At this point, uh, you, you guys, your listeners, may be thinking this or maybe not, but I, I've thought about it as well. Doesn't it sound almost like it's a zoo? Yeah, and I think there's, there's some references. I think uh, Miss Hans Bierstube von Lederhosen III references a, a stone zoo yeah. of sorts at, at times. Which at that point he's just throwing everything out there because he said cathedral. Yeah, he's he's now saying it's never interview an archaeologist. They spend too much time by themselves, and they all just start talking your ear off. Uh, but yeah, I mean it's it's like well maybe they had a, a these circular enclosures to keep animals in, and then they made these three uh, D reliefs, these sculptures of what animal was in you know each. Each enclosure. I don't know that it, that may be a, a stretch in in uh, in a certain sense, and maybe it's it makes sense in another, you know. But any of these, it's up for grabs right now. What what the hell's going on with this place? Yeah, it, it is. It, it, it but it's so interesting, and there is so much interest in it just because it is so perplexing. It just so clearly does not fit into anything we've seen mm-hmm. before. Its location, I mean, it's it's just outside the Fertile Crescent. Yeah. It. it uh, I, I saw one thing that said, you know, ancient Sumer uh, was what we have commonly referred to as the cradle of civilization. It's one of the first great uh, civilizations that's has arisen in history, uh, and that was in you know the Mesopotamian region, the time when uh, Sumer existed to us 
mm-hmm. like how far, ag- ag- how long ago Sumer existed. That's how long ago to them Gobekli Tepe existed. So oh. they and there's thought that ancient Sumerian writing mentioned an ancient civilization in their writings, and there's thought that it th- that might might refer to Gobekli Tepe. Wow. So I, I, and I'm I'm already I'm already peeking in the door of the the crazy <laughs> that's going on with this thing. But. Oh, that's the best part. You that <laughs> this is why this is my favorite kind of thing to find and discover and discuss because it is a real genuine academic mystery yeah. that people who aren't crazy as fuck are researching. <laughs> There's none of the people that are doing this have a side project on the History Channel. None of these guys spend their weekends hunting squatch. That's true. These are universities maybe. trained, as far as I know. Yeah, are, yeah. Yeah, yes, but they may spend their weekend hunting squatch. Yeah, where we come from, they're called Herr Untergrundpensafers. And yeah, I, I, my, my passion is hunting <laughs> All I want to do is buy one a beer and oh, shush, talk with it. Shush, did you hear what? that? Listen. It was the call of the Goombensafers. Nine! Nine, it is not! <laughs> oh, Germans. <laughs> but they, but I love it because this is a real, very... I can't make the words happen. <laughs> this is a very real academic mystery that professionals are investigating. And like any great mystery... The Curiosity rover on Mars is magnificent, and that's there's real scientists working on that. And then the people come out of the woodwork and start just <laughs> duct taping their bullshit theories to the side of it, and just let it run around the landscape. And that is what I love. Yeah. And this is a, this is exactly that kind of thing. It's this very rock solid foundation of genuine inquiry that you can just start yeah. putting your your emotional pinterest things onto <laughs> it's like a paint by numbers of yeah. of uh, theories of what this could be now let's let's go on and, and open the door a little more to the to the crazy stuff mm-hmm. um, some of the some of the other things that are have been found uh, in here they found a few statues along with these that are separate from the actual pillars themselves some of the pillars had uh, have arms carved on them, and they they're kind of an- anthropomorphic because they they almost seem like they're huge humanoid figures, especially when they put their arms on you know on there yeah. and stuff. But they they have found some statues by themselves, including a weeping s- angel. No, <laughs> no, thank goodness, a six foot stone totem that depicts. Possibly uh? the birth of humanity, or humans, or humankind. Now, what what does the if you gave me all the tools I would ever want and a six foot block of stone, I have no idea how I would depict the birth of humanity. Well, that's a great point, and that's why you know somebody's duct taped this theory onto mm-hmm. this. Uh, what it is, you basically have three sections of it. On the very top, there is a, a large um, humanoid figure, but the face has been just completely destroyed. There, there's no face, there's no real kind of head. You just see the arms coming down, holding on to the second section, which is another humanoid figure whose face is destroyed, who has arms coming out, holding on to the bottom section, 
where it looks like a human, like a, a, a very real human being <laughs> down there. Not, you know, it, and this is carved in stone, and it looks it looks you can tell it's it's uh-huh. humanoid, and it's and so the third one face is fine and intact. Yes. Huh. And there, there's, I guess there may be you can you can you guys can Google pictures of of this one too. You know, it might help right now. Let's just take a moment. That is spelled G O B E K I T E P E. That is where you'll find most. You could put an eye on the end of that too. I think you'd get some stuff there. But for anyone who wanted just to look that up, and we just keep saying yeah. oh, Beckley Tepe over and over. <laughs> um, yeah. So 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 Google this when you when you get a chance uh, and check it out because uh, apparently if if you see it uh, up close or or if you look down where the the little human is at the bottom, there may be one or two other things in there that that makes it seem like some some kind of birth or, or creation. I don't know. I mean, it's not like it's coming out of a vagina, that's for sure. But uh, it, it's uh, it's pretty interesting. And it's funny, you know, when somebody puts out a theory like this and then you see the the actual object, your, your mind's already thinking, well, now I've got, the, you know, I'm thinking of the creation of mankind or whatever when I look at this thing. So that might... Uh, Paint your perception of it, and this one and uh, a couple of the others have been taken to um, a museum to to be put on display and to, to keep safe because you know some some thieves have already stolen some of the <laughs> artifacts that are from there. Yeah, and, and this is the kind of thing that is, as it gets you know more press, as it gets more researched, I mean, this has every reason of being like a new tomb, tomb. of yeah, tomb of Tutankhamun yeah, or something like that. So, not only that one, but there's one that's a little bit freakier. Thunder sound. (laughs) It is a humanoid statue. Full size. No hair or no carving of hair. The nose has been broken off. It's got no mouth carved into it at all. And it's got these black obsidian eyes. Eyes that are made out of, of black obsidian crystal. Well then, not only that, uh-huh. it's got a double V neck. Kind of, it could be a necklace. It could be the top of a some sort of shirt, maybe. Could be gills. Could be. <laughs> could be racing stripes. <laughs> it makes them go faster. Uh, wasn't carved with any legs. It was. It was carved to basically set set on a block. And uh, it may be. It may have. It has two arms carved on it that may. Be holding uh, its erect penis. Heyo! And uh, they call it the Urfa Man. Urfa? Yeah, Urfa. But this is a freaky one that, that you guys can Google and, and check out too. Wow. It is It is kind of a... Now, the way you described it... Now, as you were describing it, I kind of clicking around some of the stuff we've already pulled up here. I mean, obviously, to that description, you know, nose flattened, no mouth, in black eyes... I was thinking of Grey, which sure. I think anyone listening would. Grey alien, yeah. Looking at the picture of this statue, of this carving, it's about as far from a Grey as you could imagine a thing being. It looks more human. Yeah, definitely more sure. human. But it is interesting that, that there's so much detail on these sculptures, on these carvings, but the mouth is completely and purposefully omitted. Yeah, and it doesn't have the insectoid type of eyes that a, a Grey alien might yeah. have. Uh, they're they're normal sized human eyes, 
What it, it? I mean, if you put like a helmet on it and some spikes, it might be the shredder. <laughs> That's true. It's oh my gosh, this is the home of the Foot Clan. <laughs> That's, That's what, what we found. found. So they're gonna they're gonna unearth Krang yeah. and get it, and then go to Dimension X. I guess. Yeah, I think they did. Isn't that Honey Boo Boo and her mom? <laughs> That's true. Her mom. What's that thing called? The the robot that he walks around in. Oh man, I don't remember. I don't remember what it's called either. Uh, yeah, it's it, it's it's interesting. Like they that they have these these weird sculptures, and and why? Like that's the the most amazing thing to me, at least is trying to figure out why they chose the things that they did mm-hmm. to include here. Yeah. And uh, again, this this is uh this is neolithic. It's it's pre anything that that we have in terms of of actually, you know, making even not even not to mention art, but like agriculture like we said, husbandry of animals, <laughs> the wheel. <laughs> there there is even some discussion now this is this is the the ballpark of of importance that this site has there is some discussion that this site might be the reason for the spread of agriculture that in order for a group of people to build this as large as it is as to, to sustain as many people as is required mm-hmm. it's kind of a, a cart before the horse thing yeah it wasn't that people in this area settled and because they were there for a long time they built it there is there's some belief that perhaps people came here to build it and then were forced to settle by the magnitude of the work. Yeah. They had to they had to learn to plant food because even if they weren't constantly because this keep in mind now this was not built like a skyscraper. This was not built <laughs> this was built over hundreds, if not thousands, of years. Uh this was a very long term project. Right. But And and not only the, just just to quickly interject, uh they kept building onto it and they also covered up um some of the stuff they built and rebuilt on top of it kind of stuff yeah so yeah this it was it was very important to these people that things get built at that location and there are some theories that that maybe the the horse came after the cart on this thing that that they came there to build it and were forced to uh adapt their lifestyles around the project yeah. and force them to learn to plant and to, to, to be more efficient and to build a more functional society in order to support this work, this project. Right. Which begs the question, where the hell did they get the idea and why is it so damn important to them? Right. Exactly. Um, one, one more thing about the, the carvings and the sculptures and stuff. The, a lot of the animals on there don't look familiar to you know what we have today. Or what we know of, you know, from from some of the history, some of them some of them look a little weird or completely weird. Um, there are feline figures, feline looking uh, things on there that that don't really match some of you know some of the cats that we know or have known to have existed. Um, there's even um, there's there's a sculpture of of a bird that really closely resembles a dodo. Uh, as well, which would be really interesting. And about the the sculptures, if if you check out some of the images on those, you know what they remind me of. There's there's one that that looks like a little uh, jaguar or or some sort of uh, or jaguar jaguar. What a jaguar! Um, <laughs> and uh, it looks like something you would find on a Mayan pyramid. Yeah, the style the stylization of it is very very much in that that line. I mean, I, I guess you could kind of go both ways with that. Like, well, you know, 
Or the Mayan was... A cat is a cat. Yeah. But I don't know. Something about the squareness mm-hmm. of it. Uh, it looks very, very Mayan. So so that's... I, I think that's real real neat. Now, now if you'll let me, I'm going to politely pry the door to Weirdsville open a little bit further. All right. Now, uh, you might recall, over the summer, there was a, a little kerfuffle about a, a company who did deep sea salvage uh, operations. Mm-hmm. And they were using uh, a, was it sonar. They were pinging the floor of the Baltic Sea, yeah. looking for shipwrecks or whatnot, or whatever it is they do. And they came across this object on the floor of the of the Baltic Sea, and they're not saying where it is exactly. Yeah, because they don't want everybody they don't, rushing yeah, to it. They don't want people messing with their lives. But uh, this thing is sitting on the floor of the Baltic Sea, and and if you Google, you know, Baltic Sea object or or whatever, you'll get it. And it's it's funny at, at first glance, for lack of any better description, <laughs> it looks like a top down view of the Millennium Falcon. Yep. I mean, like, the shape is almost spot on. Obviously, it's probably not the Millennium Falcon. <laughs> Damn uh, <laughs> And the Baltic Sea is really only loosely in the ballpark of, of Turkey. Very loosely, indeed. Yeah. But here's an, a really interesting thing. The floor plan for uh, Gobekli Tepe is exactly in the shape of this this object that they found this... The yep. shape at the bottom of the of the Baltic Sea. Yep. The basic floor plan for the main temple is the exact same shape as this thing, although it's a, a mirror image. It's reversed. If you yeah, if you were to look from the top down uh, at this excavation site of Gobekli Tepe, then it would look like the sonar images of this object that's at the bottom of the the Baltic Sea. It's uh, it's pretty interesting. Um, I have have not put any stock into believing that this object in the Baltic Sea is worth a shit at all. I 100% agree with you. But this is when we started doing this research, it is very interesting to um to look at both of those uh together side by side, the the top down of of Gobekli and the uh the top down of the the Baltic Sea object. And and it is, you know, I I completely agree with you. I think the Baltic Sea object is just one of those. I mean, it's it's the floor of a sea. There's weird stuff everywhere, you know. Yeah. I I don't think it's a thing. I think it's a company trying to kick up some publicity for yeah, itself. Exactly. Having said that, the fact that these two things look alike is really cool. <laughs> yeah, and and geographically speaking, they are clo- they're close enough to each other to you know to yeah. give it a second look. It's not like one of them is is on Easter Island and the other is in Turkey. Although you do have the Moai statues that mm-hmm. have been compared to some of the stuff going on at Gobekli Tepe. Yeah, exactly. And and now the company has not disclosed where in the Baltic Sea this object is right, because right. so it's you can't I you know I, I was going to look it up and see how exactly far apart from each other they were, but you don't really know where it is. And the Baltic Sea is a pretty big thing. And and Turkey Turkey kind of has this. It's kind of like the you know like there's certain there's certain ladies that just attract crazy dudes turkey attracts archaeological mysteries and is for the most part kind of a dick about letting people check it out (laughs) are you talking about uh the noah's ark yeah (laughs) yes i am (laughs) now they're pretty cool with gobekli tepe not so cool with the noah's ark stuff personally i do not believe there was a giant boat atop mount ararat 
honestly, if you my my true belief is that the Turkish government is doing Christians a huge favor by not letting anybody check. Well, because while as long as they keep shutting it down, then everyone gets to believe and and go on about their business. Sure. But there is, I mean, there's there, and that's that's not far from this place. And the it's it's interesting that that there are these archaeological mysteries that keep cropping up in Turkey. Another fun thing in Turkey, uh, the 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 Derinkuyu underground city. Wow. I mean, not at all related to this. I mean, this is maybe seven eight hundred years BC, but it is an underground city. It was <sighs> dug out of limestone. You could fit twenty thousand people in it. With their in-laws, two SUVs each, all of their livestock. They could live entirely underground. There's this... And it, wireless. And wireless. No 3G, though. Uh, 4G? I don't know. It's all fake. What do I know? <laughs> it is all fake. That's our next episode. What the government's lying to you about. <laughs> Dude, we'll need more than one episode yes. for that. <laughs> Connection lost. Oh, who's? Connection lost. Oh, your connection's oh, lost. Oh, my God, the government. Shut <laughs> government. <laughs> God, oh, God. Oh, boy. I'm keeping that in there. <laughs> <laughs> we just lost our 3 or 4G. <laughs> Uh, but no, in this this underground city, had this amazing air shafts, and again in Turkey, in Turkey, yeah, this is crazy stuff going on there. And I heard that their Turkish delight is indeed delightful. <laughs> you heard that from the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Um, and that's the only thing I believe in that book. <laughs> <laughs> so let's uh, let's get to one of the other major uh, crazy points of of this thing: how it was filled in. As yeah. we said, there's evidence and carbon dating that shows the entire thing had been deliberately covered by dirt and gravel 11,000 years ago. That was uh, about 1,000 years after those pillars had been constructed mm-hmm. and put there or whatever. And this, and this is important. This whole site wasn't, it didn't go out with a whimper. It wasn't just slowly people stopped going to church, moved on, you know, right. started listening to the rock music. Everyone who had spent all this time building the temple had finally just said, you know what? F*** it. We're out. That's it. We're shutting it down. We're canceling this show. Bury it. (laughs) I will bury you. Um, Yeah, there's no evidence why this happened, but the good thing is it preserved everything. Yeah. Uh, and as much as three to five hundred meters square of dirt and gravel was put over top uh, these structures. So the big question is why? Why was this done? And there, there are tons of theories about it. Oh, tell me some because I couldn't come up with any. Like, why would they bury it? Why? Would, uh, well, uh, tell, tell me. You, <laughs> Don't I'll, lie to me, David. You know. <laughs> Inadvertent lies. Um, uh, so obviously, no one knows. But. Uh, some of the bigger theories uh, was that there was a huge solar outburst around that time uh, that caused major plasma outbursts to come at the Earth and hit strike the Earth, thereby igniting the atmosphere and uh, uh, <laughs> and melting glaciers, which then fed into uh, flooding. Uh, you had rain, massive rains, because the atmosphere couldn't take all the water and stuff that had vaporized, you know, at this time. 
So there was a th- that's that's one theory that they knew this was coming and they built a, they they covered it all up to preserve it. Another big one. Good because that first one. No, you don't like that. one? I don't like that one. Uh, the uh, I had to shift to my skeptical chair position. <laughs> you see this look? The one you're getting. I just thought your back hurt. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there were there were some events that that happened in North America at the time, and the 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 world on the whole was going through what was called a younger Dryas stadial, which is a period of uh, lower temperatures. It's uh, ice age stuff, you know. It, <laughs> There, there are different degrees, even of, of ice age, kind of how you know. Sometimes it warmed up, sometimes it, it cooled off even more. And uh, these Dryas uh, stadials, uh, the one they called the younger uh, Dryas, when when you dig down uh, through the dirt in North America, you come across this layer of black carbon that dates back to about twelve thousand years ago, when the uh, the ice age at the time was ending. The the weird thing about this carbon layer this black black mass layer is it has nano diamonds and iridium in it now nano diamonds are only formed when you get extreme pressure extreme pressure and heat yeah but and iridium that's so rare on earth it's true it mostly comes from outer space space lightning thunder sound with the robot finish <laughs> Twist of ghost. <laughs> There's your acoustic cocktail. <laughs> acoustic cocktails. I got so excited that I couldn't shut up. <laughs> Did you hear me trying to stop but not not succeed? Oh, I heard. I heard. But, but man, Flora, thank you for coming through with that sound. Well, I, I have to. You are I have amazing. to for the listeners. You're amazing. <laughs> uh, so the Ice Age was, was ending around then. There was this uh, sudden massive warming that happened. It was like uh, almost overnight. It just like things just got super warm. 11,000 years ago, there was a sudden refreeze. Now, they're thinking that this refreeze is connected to possible meteorites and comets striking the earth at the same time just this huge barrage of of um things actually smacking into the earth and things exploding in the atmosphere at the same time so like maybe the earth moving through a dense area could be sure yeah some cloud of of something uh came by or or maybe you know got knocked out of of some orbit somewhere you know and and came into contact with the earth uh, so there was a ton of, of just of this violent activity going on on the North American continent, um, which caused this layer uh, that had the nano diamonds, the iridium, and stuff like that. Also, would cause flooding because of the uh, more basically ice and water that's been brought in from these comets, and that coupled with the, the the warming that was going on, you know, that causes this huge flood. And then you get the basically a nuclear winter, you know, once everything just smacks into the earth, hits the, the uh, clouds cover the earth, everything cools off even more. Just that's one theory, which that then caused, you know, extinctions of a lot of uh, species. It really screwed up some of the poor things that were near, yeah. you know, the impact. That, that, that will screw them up. 
The way a truck screws up a bug. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the other weird thing about this is there is a carbon layer in Turkey as well. And they're, they're thinking it dates back to around the same time. And so the theory, or, or this, this leads to a sub-theory, I guess, that these, uh, these people at Gobekli Tepe knew something was, was coming. They knew something was happening or going to happen. So, again, they covered everything up to preserve it. It's, it's uh, really strange. What if it's the other way around? What if these people saw you know, things raining from the sky, there's huge fires, there's ash... Temperatures are going crazy. There's a lot of heat. The from world the, coming to an end. Basically. Right. And they were like, no, no, we built this so that that wouldn't happen. Thanks for nothing. Bury it. <laughs> I'm, I'm fine with that, too. I mean, <laughs> compared to what we got, I mean. Does that, does that make me just a soulless person to think that that's no, the more like That's the thing. Name? It's like they like the last person had the, had the chisel on the little jaguar. Yeah. And he's like, tink, tink. It's done. Gobekli <laughs> Tepe is finished. And everyone cheered. And there was partying. Yep. And everyone's like, yay. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> they look up and the sky ignites. Right. And they're like, fuck it. <laughs> I'm sorry. Start burying it. Screw it. We, we built this for a thousand years. <laughs> And this happens. <laughs> That's it. I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> I'm moving to Sumeria. It's right. <laughs> Don't worry. I'll make up some bullshit story about this great waste of dump. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. Who yeah. Knows? Who knows? <laughs> There's also um, the theory that the pillars are... are even though they're massive and, and, and heavy, they're all they're thin enough to resonate at a certain frequency. So there's a thought that the whole structure could be some sort of like tuning fork kind of thing. Like an acoustic sound chamber? Who knows? Yeah. I mean and they're saying, well, you know, maybe Stonehenge has has something, you know, like that as well. Maybe there's something like that for that. But I've heard a lot of theories of, of ancient mysteries that involve Sound and the use of of sound devices and and sound to uh, build with and to do all sorts of stuff with like sound is is a is a big thing that I think is not being utilized yeah. currently now um, like anything great and particularly old there's a group of people I've got I've got another postcard from Crazy Town to attach to this refrigerator oh great Garden of Eden oh. This is the uh, this is the Garden of Eden. This is the this is where it all started. Wow. Um, this is supported by n- tons of supported evidence. Said no one ever. Uh, this is the most fabricated of things. Just because. What's that? Is that a thing? Is it old? Is that in Bible Bible places? Garden of Eden. Moving on. <laughs> that old picture of a snake on there. Hey. Somewhere. You think they like apples? It's the Garden of Eden. Garden of Eden. They like them apples. Boom. <laughs> Call back. <laughs> yeah, that's that. That is also uh, something that people are choosing to believe about this, which well, um, which is awesome because there are archaeologists there. <laughs> 
Uh, here's a hint for you guys uh, believing in, in this being the Garden of Eden. Check out our Hollow Earth episode. Oh, yeah. Both parts. Get, a, get yourself a certificate. Yeah, earn that certificate. It's amazing. <laughs> you still owe someone a certificate. I do. I So far, we have only had one person earn that certificate. And I owe them a certificate, but it's going to be great. <laughs> As a matter of fact, I'm saying right now that by the time you hear this podcast, that certificate will have been delivered oh that's a tall order. <laughs> yeah no no i that's that's i, I work good on a deadline oh okay and this is going to keep me honest about it there's also a, a link uh to our friend the sphinx oh uh, yeah uh that... not the superhero who's terribly mysterious the actual sphinx in egypt right um because you all were thinking that i'm sure mystery man's a great movie <laughs> Is Mystery Man a great movie, or is it a great movie because it's Mystery Man? <laughs> That's my favorite part of the movie, actually. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> was, was Gobekli Tepe buried because of Catastrophe, or did Catastrophe bury Gobekli Tepe? If you want to go forward, you got to go back. Does that all seem very formulaic to you? We're doing uh, a movie podcast. Uh, so, uh, so yeah, there, there's a, a link to the, the Sphinx uh, having been built at the, around the same time. There's even the thought that uh, the the planet was going through uh, constellation Leo, something with uh, was it the dawning as the age of Aquarius? No, that's now. Uh, <laughs> no, it, it was it was it was transiting Leo or something like that, and that's why the Sphinx was built. And originally, it was built with a, a lion head, and then they they screwed it up and, and carved a human head on it later. But there's there are um, weathering marks on the Sphinx itself of water, where water has actually eroded uh, a lot of it. And everybody's like, but it's Egypt. There's no water in Egypt. Except the Nile. And it's... Uh, but... Uh, <laughs> I, I would like to imagine that guy sitting by himself at the counter at Denny's talking to no one. <laughs> <laughs> I want more melon. I said moons over my hammy. <laughs> Sphinx. It's in the Sphinx. desert. Yeah, all right, next time I'm getting a grand slam. <laughs> um, there, there's also that thought, uh, you know, the flood yeah. coming in and around those times. Um, screwed up the, the Sphinx a little bit. Because uh, they're, they're now dating the Sphinx back to about 11, 12,000 years ago. Yeah, these things are contemporary archaeological sites now. Which, both of which... Very much pre-Egyptian. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's even what eight thousand years or so pr- uh, before Roman civilization, yeah. Greek and Roman stuff like that. Uh, it was about I think nine thousand BCE that they only started figuring out agriculture and, and animal husbandry mm-hmm. and stuff. You know, so uh, this was uh, quite a few, <laughs> quite a few uh, thousand years before that even. So now, not only do we have this this temple site in Turkey, now we can add. The effing Sphinx yep. to gigantic things that were made before the wheel. The wheel. <laughs> I mean, that, that's amazing. I, people, you, you're building the Sphinx, but you can't spell your name. Well, uh, the people. I, I, I would argue that I'm sure these these people knew what what they were doing. Uh, including probably some kind of system of writing or something, because <laughs> the 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 stupid people that are just figuring out agriculture and, and things like that nine thousand years 
like, and they developed their system of writing and stuff. I, I can't imagine people that built something this just awesome didn't have their own way to, to communicate right to each other. You know, things... If they're if they're building reliefs of, of animals in such detail, I would I have to believe that they have some kind of writing cohesive, cohesive writing system. But you see, I don't think there was. I mean, do you think they didn't have the wheel? No, no, no. I just think they hadn't literally invented it. I and I when I say I think nowadays when you say uh, it makes it sound like I was calling them stupid. Like that guy can't write his own name. I meant they just literally couldn't because they didn't have letters. <laughs> Um, you know, they, they're pictograms inside yeah. the Gobekli Tepe. I mean, they're, and even those are indecipherable. They don't track. There's no, like, it's oh, this scene. looks like this, which begets this, which is how we figure a lot of those things yeah. out. But these don't track to anything. They're, they're, they, they're at this point still undeciphered, but they're, they're pictograms. They're not any kind of cohesive or cogent writing system. I, I mean, you're, you're right. There's, I, I'm, I'm basing this on no evidence whatsoever. There, there has, there's no writing have, that has been found yet. Boom, boom, At Gobekli Tepe. Um, but we've already excavated five whole percent. I know. We might as well just give up and go home. <laughs> There's probably nothing amazing else there. There's that um, room that's warm and is humming all the time with that piece of metal with all the weird writing on it hanging out, but we, have, we haven't gotten to that room yeah, yet. Yeah, that's just on sonar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, it's... It's something else, and and I'm sure we'll do an episode at some point on the chambers that are beneath the Sphinx's paw. Yeah, that they you know have have already said yes, this exists on our sonar, but the Egyptian government won't let us do anything here. Right, <laughs> but that's a different episode altogether. Yeah, but the good news is it's Egypt. Give them six months, new government. Woo! Oh, political zing. <laughs> So, uh, so that's Gobekli Tepe for you. Yeah, um, a fun and rollicking mystery rooted in scientific fact. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think this is a uh, something that that is huge for history, mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, it should be out there. So it should be something people are aware of. And I just I, maybe it's because we you know live in America and all all that we get fed is like football and real housewives or something but Gobekli Tepe is is a major thing that's happening in the world right now yeah that's the thing that it is frustrating to me that there is something this amazing and until you mentioned it to me I had no idea it was even there yeah I didn't know about it until like a month or two ago it is it is and it's such an interesting thing and there are so many of these great mysteries that they're they're not reliant on a blurry photo (laughs) (laughs) To, to, to sell them. There are so many completely real academic scientific mysteries. Yep. And it's so fun to get to explore those. I mean, don't get me wrong. I loves me some Mothman. <laughs> One of my passions is hunting Squatch. <laughs> but these are, these are probably my favorite brand of mysteries that we discuss. Cool. My favorite brand of mysteries are puns that we come up with. <laughs> like how, how, how deep we'll sink? <laughs> yes, and uh, and segues into new sections. Um, do you want to start it or shall I for puns this week? Oh man, I'll I'll start it off. Right. I'll start it off. Uh, it's a uh, Turkish Japanese fusion restaurant <laughs> called Gobekli Tepanyaki. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna go to jail for that somehow. <laughs> I'd try it. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Um, I have a. 
a Gobekli Tepe themed uh, surfing shop called Surfa Man. I don't even get it. It's from that statue with the obsidian eyes. <laughs> that Surfa is Man. That's just added an S. That's all. There wasn't. That was like a. <laughs> that was like a mac and cheese pun. I didn't even have to do anything to. It. <laughs> okay. I've, I've, well, I mean, don't. Don't start decrying your own lack of work until you hear my next pun, okay? It's a uh, a French archaeologist cartoon character named Gobekli Pepe. <laughs> He's also a mouse. <laughs> What's his catchphrase? Mon Dieu, they buried it! Sacre <laughs> bleu! Gravel and death! It's a mystoire! <laughs> <laughs> oh, that damn mouse. <laughs> Alright, um. Mystoire du histoire. <laughs> Alright, no more Go Bentley to Pepe. It's um, our new Flash cartoon. <laughs> Put it on the website. <laughs> Well, I think he he's probably going to go on a t-shirt now. Yeah. I have a Native American souvenir shop uh-huh. called Gobekli Teepee. Oh, nice. <laughs> Maybe they're related. Oh, my God. The villain for our cartoon is Alistair Meowly. He's a cat who chases him around the world. Mothman is the Mothman. Yeah. <laughs> Playing the role of the Mothman. The Mothman. <laughs> as himself. Uh, oh, I hope you've enjoyed this time. Sacre bleu! <laughs> Mr. Meowie! Le chat Alright. Bonjour, Pepe. <laughs> we meet alors. <laughs> That's it. We're done. There's no more mystery in this world. We wrung out all the mystery of the week like a sponge into our mouths. Oh, God. But you have to if you're in the desert. Um, check us out. Blurryphotos.org mm-hmm. if you're not already there. Um, check us out. Twitter's blurry yeah. underscore photos. Yeah. Check us out. Facebook. Check us out. Blurry photos. Just just type it in and find us. Yeah. Check us out. iTunes. Good blurry news. Photos. Blurry photos. Like, we're the only blurry photos on iTunes. It's not right. like... We don't have to get a weird Twitter handle. We don't have to make I am the real blurry photos of Chicago. We don't have to do that. Because we're creative and original. Yeah. Uh, shout outs. I've got some shout outs. Oh, okay. Uh, shout outs to... Uh, we got some new listeners. A friend Joe B. Okay. Respect his anonymity. Great. I think he spent some time as a CIA operative. Uh, but he's 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 listening to us in, in, in Minnesota. Also, Great. thanks, Joe. Yeah, uh, podcast shoutouts. I know we mentioned this last week, but I've developed a low grade obsession uh, for an hour with your ex. Ah, uh, our friend Mel's podcast. Uh, yep, our friend Mel Evans uh, and uh, her ex. They they listen to music. They read books. They watch movies, and then they force the other person to do the same. <laughs> And I love the format, and it's fun to listen to. So if you want to listen to other people bicker about not agreeing on movies instead of you and your significant other, let them do the work for you. They're taking that mantle onto them to save you the stress in your relationship. And, I mean, the title of the podcast itself is an apocryphal warning to what happens. (laughs) So 
huge props to them and the great work they're doing. Awesome. I think that's all I got uh, for this one. You're not grateful to anyone for anything. Never. <laughs> I'm grateful to my own damn self. <laughs> <laughs> Shoutouts to David Flora for his tireless work in this worthwhile <laughs> enterprise. And uh, just uh, just to be cocky, why don't you uh, throw another uh, sound cocktail at me? Oh, I don't think I have the uh, the energy for thunderstorm, electrified, car crash, underwater. That's dumb. Here it is. <laughs> served it <laughs> i thought that i could break you and you broke me that's i'm like it's and a, you know why what? and you know why because i gave myself a shout out because <laughs> i deserved it because <laughs> when you believe in yourself the sky's the limit what happened to you <laughs> that's what self that to me that's, that's what self-esteem yeah that's what confidence sounds like <laughs> it's a wheezing asthmatic with bad advice <laughs> Great. If you're a psychologist or a therapist, send us your comments. Yeah, well, yeah, and a pun. <laughs> and a pun. We, I'm tired of not reading someone else's pun. Right. Come on. I really go back, Lee Pepe. You can't beat that. You can't take that out the backyard with a stick. Come on. Sacrable. <laughs> Although I mean, I feel like I managed to save that by creating an entire children's series. It's true. Oh, With a sex-obsessed demon-worshipping cat. <laughs> <laughs> Our work here is done. <laughs> All right. I'm David Flora. I'm David Stecco. This has been Blurry Photos. Oh! <laughs> <laughs>